Hello and welcome once again to Bullet Points, a critical podcast about shooting games. I'm your host, Edward Smith, and I'm joined, as ever, by Reed McCarter. Mmm. 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 I am joining this podcast. Mmm. I'm locked in the closet. How are you Uh, feeling today, Reed? I'm alright. I'm alright, Ed. Yeah? Yeah. You You ready to talk games with me and Patrick? Um, I didn't know Patrick was here. We're not talking to each other right now. <laughs> That's a good point. I've not introduced him yet. He is the other host of this show, Patrick Lindsay. Wait, wait, wait. So, Reed is going to be here? You didn't tell me about this when I agreed to come on today. Well, listen, guys. Have you seen the film The Parent Trap? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling a parent trap on you two because it's been too long since you separated. I've told both of you that you're here to meet uh, a hot, dishy woman. But in fact you're here to meet each other. So let's just kiss and make up and right. get to talking games, alright? Alright, as long as we can talk about murder games. I'm We're in. gonna talk about the murder games, so don't worry. Yeah, that's the good. only condition I agreed to come on the show under. Well, you are in luck, because today we are talking about the murderingist game. Uh, Manhunt by Rockstar from the year 2003, back when everything was in black and white, and you had to pay to use the internet by the hour. Um... It is a third-person stealth action adventure game. It's kind of a broad church, I guess, in terms of genre, uh, where you play a formerly convicted felon who is released onto the streets of a decrepit industrial waste ground of a city and ordered by a uh, shadowy figure known as the director to kill people on camera so that those murders can be sold as part of the director's snuff film Enterprise. Uh, it's very bloody, it's very violent. Uh, a lot of the kills are filmed in close ups and are performed using things like bats, plastic bags, shards of glass, sickles. But there's also, in the later stages, a lot of guns, pistols, assault rifles, shotguns, etc. And you can whew, blow people's heads off and things like that. It all, it's all very X rated, especially 13 years ago. So, I guess we will just jump right into it. I've not done any kind of fancy, you know, uh, introductory, jokey lingo for this episode. Manhunt's a pretty nihilistic kind of game, so let's just, you know what I mean? Just, just fuck it. Just, just, just fuck it. Just fuck it. Let's just dive into this big pool of mud and syringes and start talking about Manhunt. Um, I'm going to open the floor with a question that I want to get out of the way really quickly uh, because I find controversy very very boring my first question I'm going to throw to Reed first uh, the controversy that surrounded Manhunt when it was released and continues to surround it to some extent today about whether it should be banned whether it's too violent whether it has a uh, eroding effect on the mental health of the people who play it do you think that that controversy Reed is in any way justified well, I, I don't know. I mean, you talk about justifying controversy about things like this. I, I think you can you can let just about anything out into the wild, and, and it's up to uh, the folks who write about and talk about things to to deal with it. You know, I, I think it's uh, oh god, I, I don't know how to put it, but I, th- I think it's fine for nasty nasty little things like manhunt to be released, whether they're culturally worthwhile or not whether they deserve to kind of rise to uh 
any kind of place in, in prominence in our pop culture is, is up to critics, I think, and, mm. and people playing them. So, I don't know. I think all that controversy is it's always a little bit overblown. But, of course, it's all tied in with the fact that it's a video game, right? And so, it's shocking, especially in 2003, to have a video game that's so just nasty and horrible. But, mm. you know... I, I, does that answer your question? I think controversies about these kind of things are usually kind of silly. Um, yeah, that does. I'm gonna I'm gonna permutate the question slightly and give it to Patrick and ask Patrick: Did you find Manhunt in any way shocking or sort of unsettling or disarming at all? It is very difficult to answer that question 13 years after its release, both because we've had over a decade to kind of percolate with the game, and also because just. In the course of the last 13 years, the technology has changed to such an extent that the game itself kind of looks a little outdated and silly, which can sort of blunt the impact. That said, it's an incredibly jarring game to play. Um, and one of the, in the, I, I wrote a thing for Playboy about how actually I think blood and gore is good to have in video games, and we should embrace that and not shun it. And Manhunt, I'd say specifically. Um, because the game, I think what's unique about it isn't that it's super violent and super gory, because a lot of games, especially now, are super violent and super gory. I think what's interesting about Manhunt is that it seems to exist solely to be super violent and super gory, with no other mm -hmm. sort of, of grander aim. And I think that is what sort of makes people uncomfortable about it, is that it seems to be an embodiment of pointless violence, which as I'm sure we'll talk about, um, it's not. Um, any violence that, that's that extreme um, serves to actually be the opposite of pointless. It opens up a lot of conversations. Uh, I think so too. Um, but I mean, I've... <coughs> I mean, uh, excuse me. Manhunt's recently been released for the PS4 and I've kind of thrown my hat into the ring and written an article about it and I've read a lot of other articles written about it. Not just recently, but over the past, you know, 13 years or so. Uh, and people talk about it as, you know, what does it say about violence in media? What does it say about violence specifically in video games? What does it say about our willingness to either engage or observe violence? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, I personally struggle, I think, to kind of use Manhunt as a sort of catalyst for those big questions because to me it's just such a harmless, daft, kind of knowingly crass and removed video game and that's why I like it I think is uh, because it is shit is as shit does I don't know it's just it's just yeah it I don't care hmm. I don't know I'm, I'm probably opposed to you on that front I, I think it the, the way it positions uh, the murders you know by uh, throwing the camera out and having a, uh, someone commenting on it and you know, getting bored when the murders aren't coming fast enough. You know, the director, mm -hmm. as Brian Cox, will start to get frustrated if you're not. It's. I think it probably reflects on how how high your score is. You know, how interesting mm. your kills are and how quickly they're coming. But he'll start getting bored if you uh, if you take too long sneaking around and, and don't give him action. And I think it's it's hard for me to see that kind of stuff and not think it's. Uh, whether intended or not, I think they're the the comments made about this 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 game and kind of what it seems to be saying. I think are warranted. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I can tell you for a fact, because um, I spoke to one of the creators of Manhunt, I can tell you for a fact that it definitely was intended. Yeah. Um, Manhunt originally was going to be a first-person game, but when they came across, uh, <coughs> excuse me, came upon this theme of snuff movies and voyeurism, they shifted it to third-person because they wanted you to feel like you were watching this character, mm. you know, as opposed to sort of occupying him. The whole idea was how much are you willing to to watch? You know, how how much do you want to see these things? Um, so it's absolutely a conscious decision on the behalf of the make, on behalf of the game makers. You know, my my opinion on it is is contrary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, for me, it falls into I think a kind of category of games of sort of trying trying to say something and not quite managing it. Or I, you know, I just I struggle to take Manhunt that seriously. And I also think that the debates about violence in media, violence in games, especially ones that I find quite sort of reheated and a bit dull. You know, I've just I've never really been particularly shaken by any violence in games. I've never really been particularly um, provoked by it uh, mentally or whatever. Um, and Manhunt for me is just another one of those kind of inert violent games. Um, Patrick, what do you think? I would agree with that. I think I don't know if this is the intention of the developer <clears throat> or if this was kind of fed to us by the response. I think in a lot of ways it's kind of trying to recreate the the Doom argument that we got back in the 90s. Um, <clears throat> obviously, Doom was kind of panned for being super violent and having a corrupting influence. Um, the thing is, Manhunt kind of could... It, it has the potential to say some really interesting things about what we're willing to tolerate as players, as as viewers, and as sort of cultural actors, but it takes way too many steps to kind of blunt its own impact, I think, whether that's in the name of being safe or for design reasons, I don't know. Um, but it's really frustrating because the game will go kind of like two-thirds of the way there and then sort of pull back right at the last minute. Um, or at least that was my experience with it. I, I agree with that, absolutely. Like what I was saying to Ed about, I, I think you can make a good case for, for different arguments about what this game is trying to say with its violence. Um, but but saying that, that doesn't... That isn't me saying that I think it's successful in doing so. Mm-hmm. I think it. I think it uh, dilutes a lot of the impact it could have in a lot of different ways, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But things like the the enemy design and and some of the kind of slapstick with uh, different characters that come across that come up in the game are are I think too silly to. Uh, really make it as disturbing or as impactful as I think it wants to be. Yeah, well, I I, I think that as well, but I think that that's very... Um, you know, when you say dilute or when you say, you know, it comes close, uh, it makes it sound as if maybe uh, the people making the game had a sort of blind spot to that stuff. I, I don't think they did. I think that the, the game is very deliberately what it is. Um, I think that the enemies are chosen and designed very specifically you know i I, the the person that i spoke to uh was talking for a long time about you know how this was meant to be a game about violence and our susceptibility to receive information on this kind of stuff um so yeah maybe you're right maybe you're right maybe they kind of didn't realize that they were talking down their own idea a little bit but for me manhunt is always just going to be a kind of really great violent knockabout kind of game Um, well yeah, I mean, I should say you're you're reading because I just read this article, and I'll I'll link Ed's article 
um, and a few others that have come out in the last week or so. Um, but you kind of likened it to just sort of like a like kind of schlock, right? Just kind of. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Like, I. I... Sorry, sorry, go on. No, I was going to say you call it like a, a video game nasty, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not the first person to think of it that way. Yeah, yeah, no, um, no, and I think that's that's a part of the tone, and but you appreciated that tone, whereas I think I, I think that stuff took away from. Anyway, I'm just trying to contextualize. Yeah, no, I've I've got um, I've got a slight soft spot for anybody who can, <laughs> who who just sort of like does violence well and does it um, with kind of a bit of knowing and a bit of a grin. You know, one of my favorite—well, not my favorite movies, but a film I like very much—is *Apocalypto*, uh, because the latter half of that film is just Mel Gibson kind of trying to think of different ways to kill people. <laughs> you know, there's like one get one gets chewed apart by a jaguar, one gets stung to death by bees, one falls off a waterfall, and it's just kind of the machinations of somebody thinking what would look good on camera, what would look flary, what's what's a kind of impressive way to off somebody. Um, and it's it's fun. It's just fun. And if you're a sane, normal, rational person, you can quite easily separate what's happening on that screen to what's happening actually in your living room and in your own head. And, and Manhunt to me um, is is exactly the same. It's you know what could how can we we've got fascists, you know white supremacists. We've got like these drugged out gang members. We've got all these murderers. We've got these crazy guys dressed as a pig. How can we fuck them up? What can we do to just fuck them up and kill them? What would look good, you know? And that—that's—that's that's the kind of essence for me of Manhunt, and I—I I find it just um, boisterous and charming, and I, I enjoy it just because it's so willing to roll in mud. Yeah, and I think um, I think one of the things you really have to give it credit for is so many games are really violent and have really well-designed violent interactions, but sort of try and ignore the fact that they do. It's they almost kind yes. of make you feel ashamed for liking violence. I mean, we've talked on this show several times about how when we enjoy when a game does, you know, an exploding head sound really well, and we all kind of feel a little icky about saying that afterward, but Manhunt sort of takes the other approach and it's just like, no, man, fuck it. Like, that's that's what you came here for. We're not going to hide it behind mm. anything. Um, that's just what we're going to be doing here. Yeah. And and because of that, I've heard people... I mean, I even said it at the start of the show. I've heard people describe the game as nihilistic. You know, it's just a kind of, oh, we give up on you if you want to if you want to have violence, have violence. Um, but I don't, I don't necessarily see it as nihilistic. I think that there's a kind of painstaking amount of work gone into Manhunt. And also it has got something that's, that's not talked about much with Manhunt is it has, you know, semblance of a story. In the end of the game, you kind of save the life of somebody who saved your life and then you go and reap revenge on the person who's been making you do these things. And there's a kind of slight redemptive angle in there. Um, which I think kind of saves it from, from nihilism. If everybody kind of died at the end or, you know, something like that, then that would be nihilistic. But I, I think Manhunt has got uh, a little bit more heart than that, and well, that's you could, important. You could argue that it's nihilistic because he, once he's free of the, you know, at a certain point in the story, he's he's free of the director, and then he decides to go and kill the director, the guy making the snuff films who was manipulating him for three quarters of the game. But the fact that he goes and he, he has free will again, and he, you know, continues doing exactly what he was doing before 
I, you could read that as being a little bit uh, just kind of who cares. Yeah, this, I, I, this I, I'm. Do you, do you think? I, I, I don't know. I'm. I'm also hesitant to read too much into that, especially because the game is very clear from the start up to that point that there's really like he's not meant to be a redemptive character. Um, James Earl Cash, who is the the player character, um, is a like a death row inmate, which is actually how the game starts. Um, and yeah, he's he's just murdering because that's what he's told to do. He's not really fighting for anything. There's no carrot. Well, There's no real carrot that you're chasing, um, at least not for a large portion of the game. Um, and then the game, if I'm not mistaken, just kind of ends, doesn't it? Well, it mm-hmm. ends on you murdering. It ends on the death of the director, and you get the kind of finishing cutscene, which is the news reporter kind of explaining everything that's happened. Um, I don't know. I I I I think that. The story just takes the edge off Manhunt a little bit in a, in a good way. Um, I think that he is there is a redemptive element. I think that even the opening cutscene says, you know, oh, you're getting a reprieve. Um, you're never actually told what it is that he's meant to have done as a prisoner, which I think that they deliberately keep from you. Well, it's and it's set in, in the American East Coast in 2003, so he probably got pulled over with a gram of weed. Nice. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would be that, five, that would be death row. Yeah, yeah, Commonwealth high five. Yeah, um, and I think it, I think it would be more nihilistic and more sort of blunt, and also really fucking hand wringing, and in the same school as Spec Ops: The Line and Tomb Raider. If once he was free of the director, James L. Cash was like, "Well, I'm going to go and live a peaceful life now, and whatever." And I don't really like violence. That would be kind of patronizing well, i mean he clearly like, does um, like violence um yeah yeah and I, but i i take his sort of turning on the director and killing the director as i like you, you never really get the impression that it's the violence that cash is really opposed to um he doesn't have a lot of those moments that you or any of those moments that you see in a lot of other games you mentioned spec ops and i think that's a really good one where there, there's no like james earl cash introspection moment He's never no. really stopping to think about the nature of what he's doing. He's just doing it. Mm. Um, and I think that raises a question which I think warrants kind of discussion is, do you think that a game like Manhunt needs a point or a broader context or a, a narrative through line? Is it not just enough for it to be sort of a this kind of carnival funhouse of, of murder? Well, uh, Reed, sorry. No, I, I mean, I was just going to say, I, considering that I think it doesn't really follow through with uh, what, what I was kind of seeing it going toward, you know, kind of talking about nature of control and surveillance and everything, considering I think a lot of that kind of falls flat, it almost works better as just this kind of, you know, mud and blood. Just take it at face value. House. Yeah, just go and feel shitty and play this thing for a while and, you know has its own little uh, aesthetic that you can indulge in and leave. I don't know if the if it needs much of a story to it. Like, the main character's not much of a character anyway. I think he's got yeah. a total of, like, five lines of dialogue in the entire game. It's actually weird when he talks. The first few times I wasn't sure if it was him speaking, mm-hmm. because he, he doesn't talk at all for the first however long. Yeah. Um, no, I think... Uh... I think that these games do need some sort of broader point and some 
emotional narrative through line because otherwise uh, I don't quite know what I'm playing for. I mean, I'm not I'm not someone who um, needs the release of virtual violence. I'm not somebody who finds it, um, you know, cathartic. gratifying by cathartic by itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think violence does need a context in order to be either you know, emotionally resonant or, or even just plainly enjoyable. I can't just, you know, because when I think of violence, just violence, I think of something like Space Invaders or fucking like Asteroids or something where you're just shooting with basically no idea of what or why. Uh, and even some of the latter-day Call of Duties are very guilty of that. Um, I think that violence in games, if it's even going to be enjoyable, if it's going to be even, you know, vaguely entertaining, needs needs a dramatic hook. Um so yeah, I think that we we can argue about the uh, you know the extent to which it is present and to which it is impactful, but I I think it is important for Manhunt to have characters, quote unquote, and a plot and and some idea of why you are doing what you are, or else it would just be uh, there'd just be nothing to it. It just wouldn't be enjoyable for me. Um, yeah, that's... Patrick. I mean, you you asked the question, but what do you think? Um, I don't know. I'm of two minds because I I think that what makes games like this interesting is sort of the subtext that you pick up on while you're playing it. Um, mm. With that said, I think that some of my least favorite parts of this game involve the attempts to try and force characterization on us. Um, like that, that level early on where you're in the zoo and they tell you that they've kidnapped your family members and that if you get spotted by any of the patrolling gang members, they're going to murder your family members. Um, I thought that was silly. Um, I don't know if it was meant to be an emotional gut punch moment or if it was meant to be almost kind of cartoony supervillain style, sort of like tied to the train tracks. Um, but the idea that this, this, this person who is so far removed from society that he is as good as dead to the entire world around him, um, trying to manipulate him by saying, well, we've got your family members here that we're going to, to murder um, if you don't murder people, I thought that was an odd choice. Mm. Yeah, it is. It's, it's really weak and it's kind of lazy. Uh, um, and they they kind of commit what I think is one of the ultimate screenwriting sins where the family members die later on anyway and are just executed right, anyway. Yeah. Um, so, so why even have that level in the first place? Why even have the player kind of trek around trying to save these people? Um, yeah, I think that that level is really poor as well, and I think that that's a, a very ham-fisted way of um, <laughs> trying to inject cash, you know, the protagonist with with some sort of personality, um, and that's that's something I think that is is the game is kind of struggling with the whole time actually, is because it, it wants you to look at him as an exterior object, you know, you, you're literally looking at him through surveillance cameras, mm-hmm. but you also you also need, or at least they feel as if you need. To understand his, uh, you know, motivations and, and personality, um, I think that's something the game gets sort of tangled up in. Are we meant to be this person and feel for this person, or are we meant to just be watching this person and you know merely observing? Um, I think that's where the writing gets a bit lost. But nevertheless, I th- sorry, I, I just think that the manhunt does have, even if it's just uh, you've been held ransom by this director guy and he's talking to you in your ear to go and kill these people and if you don't then you'll be killed yourself you know that is the very basic plot of manhunt and even that 
gives the violence the kind of context and narrative presence that I think it needs to to be more entertaining than just violence, you know, naked. Yeah, and that's I I think that's kind of closer to what I what I meant when I was saying that I don't think it needs a the the stuff that mm. detracts a lot from it for me are you know the moments like you guys are talking about with the uh, like the zoo level with the family and um, some of the stuff with the journalist I think is just kind of unnecessary but it it does benefit from having that basic setup that you're you know, yeah it's it takes about five minutes for the game to get going and I think that's all it needs I mean do and you remember yeah. do you remember back during the super hot episode way 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 back when we did that. Mm-hmm. All those years ago, and uh, yeah. Ed, Ed, you described it as the perfect elevator pitch. Just time only moves when you do, and that's really all you need for that game. I, I feel like for Manhunt, all you really need is a uh, crazy rich guy kidnaps you and makes you kill people for snuff films. Um, mm. I think that's really all a game like this needs, and then it's stylized enough that I think that is fine to carry it the rest of the way through. Mm-hmm. I don't think we need conspiracy theories and what have you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you on that. I. I what? think there's something I've not. Uh, this is a thought I've got, which I've not finished articulating even in my own mind. So this this might get a bit confused. Um, so strap yourselves in. Yes. Um, right. So. If we're going to talk about Manhunt as commentary or reflection on our willingness to watch and observe and sort of consume violence as an entertainment commodity, I think it's important in the Manhunt story that at some point Cash is no longer doing what he does for an actual snuff film. And he's not doing it for the director, he's actually only doing it for us now. Mm -hmm. We're the only ones that are watching it. We're the only ones that are consuming it. So when he breaks away from the director in like level 12 or 13 and goes off on his own personal vendetta, you know, he is now performing in quote marks only for us. The director is no longer present. This is not being filmed for a snuff movie. This is just us watching. And I think that if the game is trying to talk to us about how much we're willing to watch and again consume violence that's an important narrative moment if he'd just been making a snuff film the entire time it puts us at a further distance do you see what i'm driving at yes yeah no absolutely um because it it makes us into his only audience at that point um and makes us kind of implicated i think more than when we're watching him perform for the director so i think it is an important narrative bent uh and also I, i still you know, I used the word redemptive earlier on, which is maybe a little grandiose, but I, I think that what does just prevent Manhunt from sliding into easy nihilism and absolute gratuity is that it has got at least uh, a kind of kind of like three-act plot structure. You know, it's, it's got our story. It's not just pornography. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got something happening. You can, you can tell the story of Manhunt without mentioning necessarily in detail any of the kills you can say he's released from death row this journalist finds him he discovers who the director is and then he goes and seeks revenge um you know the story of manhunt doesn't necessarily hinge on the fact that he kills all these people with all these different weapons uh i think that's important um yeah i so i'm thinking about this more and more and i'm 
I don't know if I'm supposed to come into these episodes with a definite opinion, but you're winning me over more, Ed, to your, your way of thinking about this game. But I think a lot of where this, where a lot of it starts to fall down a bit is just in the construction of uh, the minor characters, like the, the enemies that you're fighting. You know, and oh. trying to think of this kind of redemptive arc and how you're and beforehand where you're supposed to be killing kind of people on uh, theoretically your own level everyone's supposed to be scum at the beginning you're killing at first oh. these neo-nazis um, and then you're but it, it starts to get really confused and strange when they throw in different characters like you're, you're this, this homeless guy who's a drunk and these uh cross-dressing lunatics or whatever they call mm -hmm. them where it's essentially mentally ill people that are mm -hmm. dangerous mm -hmm. and you have to shift them um, and I think that kind of stuff complicates what is supposed to be a very simple story arc and mm. puts in these I think what they're thinking is that it's just kind of like yeah this is fucked up and gross and everything's mm. creepy but I think it introduces things that the story doesn't necessarily want you to feel about, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm tired and I feel like I'm going off on a weird train of thought here, too. No, I, I, um, I understand. Um, you want to pick th that up and run with it? Yeah, I, I, I think that accidentally, perhaps, some of the, the side characters and NPCs and enemies end up being more empathetic or sympathetic than may, may have been intended. And I think yeah. that that can kind of mess with the intended reading, if you will. Mm. Yeah, because I think you're supposed to be feeling that by the time he's he's moved on from killing under direction, he's gaining ownership, and you, in a sense, are gaining ownership over what's happening. And you've kind of elevated yourself from from the the lower realms of the city, and now you're you're killing people who truly, truly deserve it. Um, they're mm. they're not on your level now. You're killing soldiers uh, with assault rifles and body armor, and you know rich, uh, you know a rich man who's controlling all these people. And I think it's punching up. Yeah, and I think before before that, it's supposed to be that you're you're in this this kind of uh, ugly, awful place where it's just dog eat dog, and everyone's a monster, and they're gonna kill you, and you're gonna kill them, and it doesn't matter. But I feel like there are just parts of it where they show you a bit too much that these are human beings more than they mean to do. Mm. And in a mm. bizarre way that I think we should probably get into a bit. Well, they do a really interesting thing where if you if you fight an enemy toe-to-toe, -to -toe, which doesn't happen very often, but if you do and you get to a point where you damage them enough, they'll actually start to run away and call for help, um, mm -hmm. which I thought was really interesting in the context of the setup that we were presented with at the beginning. Um, one of the first things that um, Starkweather, the director, says to you is these people are scum just like you and you're doing them a favor by killing them. Um, so it's very jarring when you see, you know, like a large, you know, man in a Hawaiian shirt and a baby doll mask running away, you know, begging for, for his life. That's, it's, it really kind of contrasts that in a way that I'm not sure if it was intended or not. Mm. Well, when you mention that to it, kind of makes it seem like, you know, that there is intention to it. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I don't know how well that 
that fits with everything? Are you supposed to be feeling bad at the beginning of this game, or are you supposed to feel like you're just, you know, in the muck doing what has to be done? It's really interesting. It's something I've not really thought about before. Um, if we're talking though about you know, to what extent the game humanizes its villains. I think it is worth noting for one that they're all masked. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Everyone you, everyone you, everyone you kill is in some sort of outfit. Um, yeah, that's true. Usually has their, usually has their face covered. Um, as for you know, yeah, it, you're, you're right. You know, if 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 you go toe to toe, not only do they run away and ask for help, you can you can kind of floor them, and they'll kind of go, no, don't do it, man, and then you you know smack them one more time and and finish them off. Um, and I wonder, yeah, basically why. Uh, I think that the, the kind of slightly cynical, pessimistic, but also maybe quite objective, sensible part of me thinks that it's there just to make the kills that bit more fucked up. Like, yeah. Oh my god, he was running for his, he was running for his life, man. And you beat him down. You know, isn't that fucked up? Isn't this game hardcore? Um, because one thing that that Rockstar likes to do is to be uh, take envelopes and then be, and push them. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, well, or to at least or at least think that it is, you know. Mm -hmm. um, they they like to uh, appear sort of shocking and near the knuckle. I mean, I always find their games incredibly safe and quite risible, but yeah, they 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 like to try and appall people, and I think that to an extent the enemies running away and begging for their life is just another example of that. Um, yeah, but I don't know. That's that's an interesting point. Because you're right, Reed, it does sort of muddy the uh, muddy the water a little bit that they are given these pretty you know, pretty human moments. Um, even the pixie character mm -hmm. in the in the climax uh yeah, you're meant given... to feel a bit bad for him by the time you yeah, kill him. Yeah, ex exactly. Yeah, you're meant to feel that he's been kind of exploited and he's a very sort of unfortunate figure. Um, so, the, the sort of generous part of me wants to say this is just more proof of what I was saying before, which is Manhunt isn't nihilistic and, and easy and just like, um, oh, fuck humans, fuck people. You know, it has got a sort of emotional narrative hook, and there's more to be said than it's just a kind of sort of festering mm. kind of game. Um, but the other part of me is thinking, like you, Reed, this just sort of it kind of just feels like an unfinished idea. I mean, one one you know? thought I had is it could just be a, like if we're talking about Manhunt as a commentary on violence, part of at least that commentary could very well be that. You know, um, you look at a, a character like Pigsy, for example, who is kind of one of the, quote, worst characters in, in the world that they've created here. But he's also, when you actually confront him, is one of the more kind of pitiable characters. So, yes, mm. he, he's, he's a perpetrator of violence in a very literal way. He's an actor, but he has zero agency in the process. Um, I mean, he's literally chained to a wall when he's not hunting people and killing them. Um, mm. in a very similar way that you are uh, an actor but not an agent in in the violence that, that you're committing and I guess in some ways all of the people that you're facing and killing are um, in that you know the, the, the real monster is the director for pulling all the strings or what, what have you 
Yeah, except for the neo-Nazis, probably. Right, yeah. They're probably the only one who don't fit into... Because if you look at it through that viewpoint, you know, you first you're killing these these gang members who are, you know, they're just supposed to be inner city gang. You know, that's their identity. So, mm-hmm. you know, the real life parallel is you end up talking about disadvantage and, and uh, like economic disadvantage and so forth. And then you have, you know, the, the mentally ill people who are for some reason all homicidally violent so they're not really at fault in a in the same sense you know you have motivation for both of those groups and same thing with this pigsy guy same thing with the private soldiers they're being paid but the neo-nazis are the only ones who are just violent you know which, just which leads me to, to that makes me wonder if that was just rockstar trying to kind of brainstorm different gang archetypes that they could use like I think you've, so. You've got the weird, creepy, kind of like childish ones. You've got the the scary, kind of ghost-looking ones. You've got the neo-Nazis. Like these are all archetypes. Yeah, and yeah. and that's why I think it 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 uh, disturbs the the reading, the different readings mm. you can get from this game. And that's kind of what I was talking about mm. before about it just being kind of feeling like it's it's a little bit just trying to be gritty. In whatever, in sort of the mm. new metal sense that it understands mm-hmm. grittiness, you know, like the whole yeah. the whole thing is it's like a fucking corn album cover, you know. It really yeah, is, yeah. yeah. And I I think that's like that was their their purpose, um, and and I think that interferes with it. it just kind of seems confused to me. Mm. All these different elements not quite driving together into something coherent. It is. I mean, I, I sitting here thinking about it now, I find myself kind of contradicting myself and kind of crossing back over my own past because, you know, I've said variously, I enjoy this game because it's just a kind of, you know, you go out there and you kill these bastards and it's just fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I've kind of said, but it's got this, you know, dramatic hook which saves it from just being easy, context-free violence. And now I'm thinking that... You know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna claim that the game has got something more than just just fucking killing for the sake of killing, then how do you kind of explain these really sort of half baked gang enemies? You know, because they they are just there to be killed. They are not really there to be thought about. Um, we can think about them, and we should, but the game makers certainly didn't seem to intend it that way. Um, at least, except for the pigsy character uh, who's a weird kind of choice yeah you know, as a sort of lightning rod for our sympathies um, but yeah I mean the, the smiley is the sort of lunatic gang quote unquote um, yeah we're not meant to be thinking oh you know these are just vulnerable mentally ill people maybe we shouldn't be doing this you meant to just do it mm-hmm. you know, um, the soldiers you meant to just do it um, so it's hard for me now to sort of sit here and say <laughs> You know, the the game has more in its heart than just senseless kind of masturbatory violence. When looking at those gang members, that seems to be all that they're there to kind of catalyze. Um, I, th- I think it. I think it, its but, commentary is is not necessarily uh, outward looking, but I don't think that blunts it at all. I think it's less a commentary on our sort of 
societal view on violence and more a commentary just on what we as individual players uh, are acclimated to. Um, mm. And I think that that's emphasized by just the nature of the executions and the way that those are carried out and how that goes, which I guess we should talk about a little bit. Um, but it's yeah. it's all the interactions are designed to sort of test what you as a player are prepared to deal with, basically. Mm. That's really true. Are you talking about the system, and I'll explain it if you are, but about kind of picking how severe yeah, the kill yeah, is? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because there's the, the thing in this game, and it took me a little bit to figure out actually what it was, but when you, you have to... Uh, if the enemy spots you, then you have to fight them one-on-one, -on -one, and, and a lot of cases you'll get killed, because um, the game's kind of telling you not to play that way. But you're supposed to kind of try to sneak up on, sneak up behind the enemies, and then you can hold down a little reticule comes up, and at first it's gray, and if you press it when it's gray, your cash, the main character, will kill them kind of just quickly. It's still pretty grotesque, but he'll do it quickly. And you can hold it down longer, and then it turns red, and then yeah. even longer, and it turns yellow, and so it's essentially no, no, it, or it vice versa. Yeah. yeah, and so it's like the the degree of how severe, how grotesque this kill is going to be. So what Patrick's saying is really interesting, right? Because then, if you're saying that, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Patrick, but you're saying it's kind of testing you to see how much you are willing to well, do. Oh, definitely, absolutely. I mean, I think a big part of it is risk reward, sort of like. Because it takes longer to build up the tougher executions, um, you, yeah, you're a, more exposed. A greater chance that you'll get spotted. But I think a part of it is just like, you know, how how far are you willing to go to see like what? Because I know personally, whenever I executed somebody with a new weapon, hi FBI. Um, but whenever I executed somebody with a new weapon, I would always try and see if I could um, do the most brutal one first, just out of curiosity. I just wanted to see what it would look like, you know gouge someone's eyes out with a shard of glass for example which yes in the video it, yeah, game is actually one of the things that you can do yeah hi fbi <laughs> um yeah and i i uh i also do that and i i find myself when i play manhunt uh i mean you get the most points at the end of a level you get the most stars on your kind of in-game snuff movie if you perform lots of uh sort of red tier executions um but I actually find myself personally, you know, deliberately mixing it up. So doing a few kind of white ones, a few yellow ones, a few red ones, just to kind of keep it <clears throat> varied and, and different for kind of my own viewing, you know, because you want to see all the different things that all the different weapons do. Um, all three kind of tiers of execution. Um, yeah, I... I well, I was going to say, like... What's our, what's, our, what's our question around this? I don't know if there is one, really. I, th no. I, I was it's just saying a... how I think that the way that that system is designed, I think it's more of a... I think it's more meant to engage the player on an individual level than sort of look at the idea of, of right. violence as a as how we look at yeah. it socially or politically or what have you. Yeah, and yeah. I would say that that aspect of the game is interesting enough to warrant writing and discussion about what that is you know about the fact that it has yeah. this uh it, it allows you in 95 percent of the missions there's only one where you have to do more severe executions and so forth it it is kind of telling you you know what what do you want to do what do you want to see and then it's 
it's um, indicting the player. It's saying, you think this Starkweather guy, the, the snuff filmmaker, is a piece of shit. Maybe you think Cash is a piece of shit, but you are also implicated in all of this because you're helping control it. In, so a, in a very literal sense, you are the director in that you are directing what exactly you want to happen on screen. Yeah, and so I think in that very, in, in that contained, just mechanical sense, it's it's doing the same kind of thing that uh, that every fucking game does now, but the, the big Bioshock thing of of saying, hey, like, are you in control of this? What What is your mental process going into this game? I think um, the big difference there is that Manhunt isn't fucking obnoxious about it. That's, this is exactly what I was just thinking. When when you were describing it just there, Reed, is all I can say to that is at least it's honest about it. You know, well, and it's like, it's not it's not preaching to you. I think no. it wants you no, to say, "Are you disgusted?" Because if you feel uneasy, maybe you should think about why you feel uneasy. You know, mm. which is a lot more well, I potent I... a message. But there's when there's I, no there's I... no like good ending for only doing white executions, for example. You don't get to, like a no. post game scrawl about how you your descent into moral ruin because you executed people with all red tier deaths or whatever. No, it always ends the same way. Um, this is what I said, I think, in, in the, the written article that we referenced earlier on. You know, if you played this game, you bought this game. And if you bought this game, you knew what this game was. And, you know, I giving people what they want, as in delivering to them virtual violence over and over again, perhaps with increasing spectacle and gore, that is... How many games is that? That's hundreds of games. Um, uh, at least Manhunt is overt about it. You know, it it promises you something, and delivers it. Um, now, uh, we've talked about Far Cry Two in passing. That will be an episode of its own later on. Um, and I think all three of us have agreed on something with Far Cry Two, which is that you know it's it's an honest video game story. In that game, you trade violence for cash. Mm-hmm. Or sort of vice versa. You you are entering into a transaction with that game where it will give you more people to kill if you keep killing them, um, and that is the core transaction of so many 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 games. The difference being that Far Cry Two acknowledges it, mm-hmm. um, and I think Manhunt is similar to that. Uh, but where I sometimes stop short is when people say that you know Far Cry 2 or maybe Man from a good video game narratives because they're honest and because they're clear and because they're consistent. Um, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. I don't. I, you know, it, it seems to me a slightly pessimistic thing to think that the only kind of honest and consistent video game narrative can be one like Manhunt or can be one like Far Cry 2. Um, so. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying because that's my tendency, and I've thought about this reviewing things as well, about how we reward the games that are willing to say something about what you're doing. And yeah. it's a strange thing because games hinge on, you know, just how enjoyable a core interaction is more than uh, any other kind of art, I'd say. Well, no. I don't know. No. Maybe I disagree with that because how a film looks or how a sentence reads or 
so forth and so on. But like, you you wouldn't want you wouldn't want every game to be Far Cry Two, or to be no, Batman, no, or to be The Last of Us, or to be you know any game that's actually had something to say about the violence it's showing. Um, and I don't know. I think a lot of it comes down to a matter of tone, right? I think it's worth praising these games, the ones that that do it best, for having. Uh, having some intelligence about what they're showing you, not just showing it to you and saying, here you go, we didn't really care, we just wanted to make stabbing this thing look good, feel good. Um, I think Which it's worth I, I, I think that Yeah, I think that's a virtue in and of itself, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, but it doesn't mean you have to demean everything. I think it's when something is is doesn't know what it is is when it gets unsettling. But the thing is, the the problem I have, well, not problem, but the the thing that I can't quite square is Manhunt, the way that it inter- the way that you interact with it, and the way that it sort of um, enters into a transaction with the player, is clearly quite knowing of those kind of tropes of video game violence or the tropes of violence in media. At the same time, it's very unabashed and kind of. Uh, liberated you know it's not a hand wringer Spec Ops The Line I think is, is the ultimate example of a game that is understanding of the mechanics of how you play a video game and how mm-hmm. you perform violence in a video game uh, and it's just so sort of neurotic about it and so kind of timid and so sort of second guessing all the time whereas Manhunt it gets it it gets that there's a sort of problem with video game violence it acknowledges it, but not only does it not really do something directly to challenge or question it, it is perhaps the most extreme example of video game violence. So it's just the more we talk about this game, it kind of it just it's more and more questions. You know, I, I kind of it's such a hard one to sort of get your head around. That's how I that's how I felt as I was playing it, and by the time I finished, end of last week or so, and. I can't. I honestly can't tell you what I think of this game in a very clear, black or white sense. I, th- I think no. it's it's very messy in a lot of ways, and it's a good thing in a sense. I, I was kind of a little bit skeptical about why we were going to do this game, and I think it's really worth talking about because it's there aren't really any easy answers, you know, no, to, to what it's what it's showing you and what it's saying and what it's suggesting about. Uh, about violence in games and games in general, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I must say that I, I kind of had the opposite experience with Manhunt. Uh, I mean, I played it when it first came out, and I was 13 years old, so I shouldn't have been playing it. Um, but every time I played explains it, explains an awful every... lot. Ed. <laughs> yeah, have you seen my hockey mask collection? <laughs> um, every time I play Manhunt, I None of these questions going through my head. Like all of this, all of this discussion we're having is very after the fact, and is stuff that occurs to me. I guess you know, if I sit and, and think about the game when I'm playing it, and even when I first played it, I just, I just enjoyed it. You know? mm-hmm. I've always just enjoyed Manhunt, um, and I, I've always just kind of taken everything at face value and, and not really worried about you know whether the enemies are 
humanized too much or dehumanized too much or whether it says something about the media or about violence i've never really worried about that i've always just enjoyed it um i think it's worth pointing out actually just a couple of kind of tangibles about manhunt which is uh it came out i think either late october or early november 2003 and was only just beaten to the punch by kill switch when it came to developing the cover shooting system um Manhunt has a cover-based oh. shooting system. Yeah, that's terrible. And, yeah, and and Kill Switch, which was kind of credited as one of the earlier, if not earliest, cover-based shooters, came out in early October two thousand three. So it kind of beat Manhunt just by you know a few weeks. Huh. Um, so that's that's an interesting little fact about the game. Um, I think another thing worth mentioning is that. Um, this was made by a relatively small contingent of Rockstar employees not long after Grand Theft Auto 3 had released, did, did work start on Manhunt. Um, and it was, uh, I think for a long time it, it kind of sat in, not development hell exactly, but it, it was an idea that was kind of sitting on the shelf for a long time. Um, and was sort of developed, I think, as... Um, Side project is not right, but it, it wasn't like okay, a. I know what you mean. Well, you know, just kind of like a passion you know, project, or just sort of. It was a passion. It was a passion project. That's exactly it. Thank you. Yeah, it was a passion project. Um, this wasn't sort of necessarily one that I think was was meant to expand Rockstar's bottom line a great deal. Um, it was a passion project. Um, yeah, I. Well, nice. it's such a tricky game. It's such a goddamn tricky game, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, the one of the last things I'll I think I have to say about it is that I didn't enjoy playing it in in any way. Right. I, I really didn't like it. Um, and it's not because the the tone is unsettling. I don't think it's shocking. I think it's it's just unpleasant. Um, but I think that's why I was thinking about a lot of this stuff is because Ed said let's play this game and I said okay because I was curious to know more about it but I, d I didn't enjoy it so I think I spent a lot of time thinking about not enjoying it and and then thinking about what I could get some kind of pleasure out of you know uh -huh. from it and and this and that and the other how about you, Patrick? Do you enjoy it at all? I do, which is weird, because I can't explain to you why. It's not a very good stealth game, just mechanically. Um, like, no, a lot of the interface and control issues are not nearly as tight as they need to be for the sorts of things that they're asking you as a player to do. Um, and yet, the, the payoffs, I think, are big enough to sort of help gloss over that a little bit. Um, uh. Also, I mean... There's we briefly mentioned the fact that the game kind of devolves into a lot of gunplay later on, which is just totally ridiculous and unnecessary. Um, and they almost kind of, the the levels I've played that involve guns almost kind of play like interludes. Um, uh. I'm just kind of mentioning things now that may or may not be related to each other. So <laughs> just going down a list. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um. um yeah. Sorry, Ed. No, I, I enjoy it. I, I I like the way it looks. I like the way it sounds. I 
I enjoy the gunfights. I think as much as the stealth sections, I think that they're they're well paced. There's some there's some of the, the shooting levels where you are kind of um, I don't know if you've ever seen Where Eagles Dare, where Clint Eastwood is just sort of sat at the top of a staircase with an MP40, just killing like one uniformed German soldier after another. Uh, it, it feels like that in Manhunt sometimes, where you're just kind of getting guys running at you one at a time, mm-hmm. and you're just popping them off. But there, there are some good, there are some good fight, gunfights, sorry, that are really, really well staged and um, sort of pacey and deliberate and, and quite frightening. Um, I yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy it against sometimes my better judgment. But no, I'm never, I'm never shocked. I'm never kind of. Not since I was thirteen and playing it for the first time as a as a teenager, um, have I had my kind of stomach turned by Manhunt. I it doesn't register for me on that level. Um, I I yeah. will say about the uh, about the kind of design right toward the end uh, when you get to the levels where you're kind of storming the grounds of of Starkweather's big fancy house out in the country. Um, that is when the the actual design of the combat and everything really gelled for me, because you mm. you end up using the guns a lot, <clears throat> and I actually thought they were they were all right, because you have this payoff to the, with the guns where if you use them, they're loud enough that everyone's going to come running, and so it forces mm. you to kind of find positions and make you know snap decisions about whether it's better to expose yourself, not like that. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Ed. Um, whether to you know make yourself visible and, and try to kill someone quietly, or to take a shot and have a bunch of guys run at you and maybe run out of ammo and everything, and it, it almost felt like this kind of slow, clunky Hotline Miami in those sections. Mm-hmm. And I thought toward the end, it kind of when it's not just here's a ton of levels where you're using kind of improvised weapons that are melee. Or you're using guns, and when it kind of finds a balance where you're using both, and and you're making those choices, uh, I think that the whole game was kind of like that. It it would be a different game, and it would I think would feel very very different. But I think that's that kind of stuff is actually really interesting design. Mm. I think so too. I think Hotline Miami is a really great comparison, um, and that hadn't occurred to me before. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it does it does encourage you to think. I mean, you know, if, if we're being super generous, I think to Manhunt, and we're talking again about representations of violence, I think that it's a game that more than a lot of first-person shooters might uh, encourages you to think before you kill. You have to yeah. kind of stalk. You have to you have to choose where you're going to do it. You have to decide when to use a gun, when to use a melee weapon. You know, it's it's a more kind of cognitive act than in a lot of games where killing is quite blithe. Um, but that that might be a slightly generous interpretation. I, I actually agree with you. Um, one of the things I really like about this game is that it's... I, I called it a bad stealth game earlier, which I maintain, but I also think that it does a thing that a lot of other stealth games do, which is turn stealth into a weapon rather than a place to hide. Um, mm. Yeah. You're not... Stealth isn't just sneaking around hiding from enemies and popping out every now and then. It's You're, you're choosing how to best use your environment to your advantage, um, so you're turning what's essentially a weakness, which is you're surrounded by people who want to kill you, into a strength, which is I can knock on this wall and hide over here, and these guys are going to come running, and then I can pick them off one by one. 
Yeah, and the good thing about stealth as as a style of game design too is if you want to really kind of do anything with the, the proximity of violence, stealth is is always a good way to kind of uh, rub the player's face in the in the violence they're creating. You know, even yeah. no matter what kind of message you're trying to send, if as long as you want to say, "Hey, look at look at this," it's not you know it's not a Call of Duty where you're shooting guys from you know half a room away you're getting up close to them and, and having to see what violence looks like mm. um, yeah I mean I've, I've been trying to kind of work up a concluding thought on Manhunt I guess I'd say it's a joyfully unashamedly violent game with just enough of a dramatic hook to make the violence something enjoyable beyond just gratuity that has a slightly mixed message about our complicity in that violence but even that's like that's not a very good Jerry Springer final thought fucking hell why don't you make this the final <clears throat> thought is this the first leave leave people on something to, to think about is this the first game the first video game to have a uh, mainstream video game to have a, a penis in it to have a pen oh yeah Pigsy's naked isn't he thank you uh... for listening I'm Reed McCarter <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my final thought it's not oh. sorry it's not okay sorry never mind uh, in, Hit in, in Hitman 2 there's a kind of joke penis oh, on yeah. your targets actually and that came out 2002 no remember when we played Marathon that oh yeah that, el that <laughs> elephant <laughs> man thing the first video game penis Marathon 1993, yeah. yeah. four. Or they had to make it purple though to get it past the censors. <sighs> oh, what a oh, show! God. Yeah, that was that. What an ordeal this has been. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, 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 I think we usually come into these episodes and we've we've kind of got things to say and we've got like a fairly unified opinion sometimes. But Manon is a real nest of fucking vipers. Um, there's tons. There's tons to say about it. It just doesn't really brook a general consensus. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's a game that you could, I think, kind of talk about endlessly. Um, I think ultimately it comes down it? to what are your thoughts on game violence for the sake of itself. Mm. Mm. Uh, have either of you played the sequel? No, I have not. No, I, I did. I mean, I, I had to play the. The, the European Cup and um, it was one of the I think maybe two or maybe three games that ever got banned in Britain mm -hmm. uh, was Manhunt 2 uh, and it stayed that way for a few years until Rockstar released a very sort of by, by Manhunt standards a very kind of truncated version where all the executions are slightly obscured by um, sort of like screen tearing and like RGB effects and stuff like this mm. um yeah, which is which was a shame, uh, but it's a, it's an interesting game as well, Manhunt Two. If either of you are inclined, it's it's worth it because it, I think it goes it goes a lot further on the sort of introspection huh. uh, angle. The, the the kind of climactic levels of Manhunt Two are, are basically uh, the character versus his own personality, like quite literally. Um, you're in a battle with your evil half self. Um, so yes, it, it walks that road a lot more than the original does. 
I'd, I'd actually be curious to see footage of censored manhunt because I could actually I could see that being well, you, more disturbing. So you can see it's all on YouTube. I think you can see the censored version of the manhunt two executions and and the uncensored versions as well. Mm-hmm. Um, no, the, the the censored versions are sort of. Again, in quote marks, easier viewing because they are they are very censored. Oh, okay. Uh, it's it's like incomprehensible. Oh. Um, yeah, because they they had to do a lot to get that game released here, which is which is strange because the the BBFC, our regular uh, regulatory bodies, is actually quite permissive um, usually. But yeah, Manhunt Two got up their nose for some reason. I can't help but wonder if Manhunt Two was received so harshly just because of the uh, reputation of Manhunt One. Yeah. No, they may well may well, uh, may well have been. I'm sure. I mean, if if nothing else, this this game is is very interesting as an example of a game that a lot of people may not have even cared about if it wasn't. Uh, well, I mean, it was Rockstar, so a certain segment of of people would care about it, but I don't think it would have nearly the the name recognition if it wasn't for the attempts to censor it and, and ban it mm. absolutely absolutely I think that helped it along a great deal um, I know we need to kind of close off but there's an interesting story just on that line about the first Grand Theft Auto whereby uh, as far as I'm aware uh, there's a, a sort of public relations guru in the UK Max Clifford I don't know if he's got any sort of notoriety abroad no. uh, he's now actually he's 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 now facing charges for uh, child sex abuse so yes but in <laughs> the in the late 90s he was the sort of Britain's PR guru and uh, I think it's said that Rockstar approached him to deliberately stir up controversy about Grand Theft Auto on their behalf in order to boost sales, so he would, you know, encourage people to go into the papers and speak out against it, and in doing so, help the game become successful. Um, and I think that that's what happened with Manhunt, not deliberately, like with the original GTA, but certainly vicariously. Yeah, well, it's a it's a good yeah. strategy. Nothing's nothing makes something that may have been uninteresting more interesting than hearing it's it's too much for you to handle. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a exactly. dare. Yeah, exactly. It's that kind of Halloween, you know, save manhunt into the mirror three times kind of thing. Um, okay, so I guess we'll uh, kind of agree to not have any agreement on manhunt. It's just we don't, like, we don't need a... We no, I know. No, we, we don't need a closing consensus. It's just a kind of open book, that game. Yeah, that's never the point of this show, right? It's never the point is to say this is what to think about this. It's Wait, what? It's just... Oh, sorry. It's to tell everyone, it's to tell people what to buy. Yeah. <laughs> whether whether it's whether it's worth their money. Speaking of, if you if you do feel after listening to the show inclined to buy and play Manhunt, don't do it on PC. Yeah. Yeah, it's a troublesome version. That's... See, I, oh, Patrick, I thought you were going to segue there into if you uh, feel like contributing financially to this podcast. Yes. <laughs> You can you can now donate at bulletpointspodcast.com. You can. Uh, that is that is a true thing. Yeah, that's that's what I thought your segue was going to be. It was gonna, that, that would have been very graceful. It should have been. Yeah. Now Instead I kind of Patrick we, is can, telling people 
what not to spend their money on. Can we can we start the recording over so that we can? Let's do the whole episode again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, right. Okay. Well, we're, this is edited on to the end of our second version <laughs> of the show. Uh, we've now been sitting here for four hours, um, and that was Manhunt. So. We're going to sign off, I guess. Uh, as usual, you can find us on Twitter. I'm Ed Smith, and I'm at most sincerely Ed Reed. I'm, yep, find me on Twitter as well, at Reed McCarter. And Patrick. Uh, also on Twitter, at Han Freakin Solo. And we have upcoming episodes on uh, Binary Domain, on Doom, on anything else that we've got on the provisional list. We have lots of maybes coming up soon. Lots of maybes, yeah, there's lots of maybes. So if you uh, like video course... games, they'll all be video games. Oh! 50 Cent Blood on the Sand is getting done as well. That's, that is where I'll That's that. confirmed, yeah. Yeah, uh, and of course if, if anyone listening has an idea of something that they'd like us to discuss, then by all means uh, suggest it. Um, and from here on, because we've uh, had a crackdown on our organizational structure, on the unions. Uh, these episodes will from now on be regularly available, updated on the 1st and 15th of every month. So a new episode on both the 1st and the 15th of every month. And you can find those all at Bullet Points Podcast. Or is it at Bullet Points Pod? Pod, yeah. At Bullet Points Pod uh, on Twitter. So, uh, again, thank you for listening. That was Manhunt. By all means, if you haven't played it, do go and play it. It's a very, very interesting game. Uh, full of juicy fucking murders. Um, I'm Ed Smith, and thank you once again. 